Hi everyone, this is KK Downing of KK's Priest and you're watching CMS TV. Right back here on Chris Aiken Presents, myself, Eric Ferentinos. That, of course, was Icarus Witch from um, Lightning Strikes is the song. Uh, they have a new release called No Devil Lived On. It's out on my birthday on October the 27th. And here to talk all about it, this guy right here, Mr. Jason Myers. Jason, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good to see you, man. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. <laughs> Very good, dude. Last time was probably when goodbye cruel world came out and i think you talked to quinnett on yeah that one, my guitar player so yeah. good to see you yeah man absolutely dude well it's good to see you as well and it's good to talk about a killer record and and i'm not just saying that this record is it, it's a great listen and, and I'll, I'll give you my two second review of it and then you can tell me where i'm right or wrong it's it's a concept record <laughs> But it's not the kind of concept record that you have to listen to from the start to the finish. You can, you can, and it's cool if you do, and you can pick up a whole lot of the story. Or it plays just as well if you just pull a song here or pull a song there, no matter where you pull from, because the the songs themselves stand on their own. So that's my two second review. What say you, sir, as <laughs> as one of the creators? Um, I I would agree with that. That was intentional. Um, doing a concept record is something we've never done as a band, but I've always, I was always a fan of them, you know, growing up, the really good ones. Um, but I also realized that people's attention spans aren't necessarily going to always be the, there to encompass an hour long journey. Um, so I want to be cognizant of that and give people some, be like you said, be able to just pull out pieces here and there if they like a song. And if they want to dive deeper, then there's, another layer to it where they can dig into the story maybe and follow along that way. Sort of so choose your own adventure type. How do you even like begin a task like this? Does it start with a song that you, that you, you go, man, there could be a story to this song. Like what, what like actually like sparked it off where for you guys to go, yeah, we could actually do something with this. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was so long ago. I'm trying to like, I mean, we started working on this back in 2019 and it was sort of like our pandemic project. You know, there's like a lot of those floating around out there now. So we had a lot of extra time on our hands to kind of mm -hmm. tinker around with things that were a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, 
So I think it's just, I mean, our band's been around for about 20 years now. So I think you start to like always try to find ways to like push, do things you haven't done, challenge yourself a little bit. And that was one of the boxes we had never checked was like a, a concept album. So it was always in the back of my mind. Like if I ever have time, I want to really try to string s- these songs together instead of just having like eight or nine, you know, separate song or uh, stories. So we had time. There was some cohesiveness to these songs though, where you're like, wow, this actually fits into a concept. Like it's a concept, um, right? Like operation mind crime, but like, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was a, it was a challenge for sure um and i didn't really know how much of a challenge it was going to be until i started diving in but it, it sort of became like a fun puzzle to try to put them together uh, i think the weirdest part for me was like normally when you when you write a batch of songs for an album you just sort of when you're piecing together the master, you'll put together the, you know, the strongest one followed by the next strongest one or whatever. Sure. With these, we had the lyrics attached to the songs. So we were sort of locked into what order they were going to show up. So we had to like, make sure that they were all pretty strong. Hopefully like there weren't any duds on it because otherwise people might not get past the second song if they were listening to the whole thing. So that was, that was a challenge I hadn't really foreseen, but uh, I think it made, it made us really push a little harder to, to make all of the songs stand out on their own. So did uh, you, but yeah, did, did you Jason have the lyrics first and then write riffs to the lyrics or did you have music that you fit lyrics to that, that fit the concept? Uh, I think the music came first really. Okay. Um, uh, Quinn, uh, Lucas, uh, my co-writing partner, um, he had a lot of really cool riffs and, you know, so I would sit down and as the main lyricist, listen to these and kind of let it take me to where, you know, try to let some visions come into my head and tie in stories that went along with the music. And then um, it's the, the, the stories that I was getting that I thought fit to it just be told in one song. I, I felt like there was, there was characters, you know, there was like, there was some plot to, to be developed and that's how I felt about it. So uh, I think the music probably came first. And then once the lyrics for the first song or two came together, I was like, okay, well these two could fit together or maybe this third one. And then it just became sort of like putting pieces of a puzzle together. Right on, man. Well, dude, you know, for people that, for people, which is everybody that has not heard the record yet, you know, the, the album, mm-hmm seems to challenge at least to my ear it seems like it challenges the traditional opinions of like witchery and the occult um you know and, and kind of looks at it in a very unique spin what was it that led you down this path you know as far as as far as writing and especially writing almost in a positive way about the occult which is so commonly written about as so negatively yeah it's funny because you're the second person that said that, that that I've done an interview with that mentioned positivity and um I I mean I'm personally in the practicing practicing occultist for many years and and I feel like also a very positive person I, I tend to be sort of optimistic in life and um so to me that's that's just sort of natural I think what happens a lot in 
and metal specifically and just Hollywood in general is that a lot of times uh, songs or movies or shows about witchcraft and about the occult kind of lean into tropes that are, have, are just age old, you know, the same retelling. And it's, it's usually, usually told either from the perspective of persecution, you know, or right. the, the perspective of people that, that don't necessarily view the occult as a good thing. Um, so I'm just writing from my own perspective. And I, you know, like most of my friends and people that I associate with are really good people, the really positive people. And so that, that part of it was just, was natural to me. But, um, well, occult, uh, occult means hidden for the, for our audience, you know, I mean, that's basically, yeah. it's not necessarily an evil uh, thing, but it does have that connotation. Um, yeah. I thought I'd interject that hidden. hidden. <laughs> Well, right, which doesn't sound scary, right? If you put it no. that way, it's just, but people are afraid of the unknown, um, I think, a lot of times. So it's natural to, to be afraid of things you don't so, know about. And I think that's where a lot of persecution comes in in, in general, not just well, about let, let us know. Illuminate us, if you will. Illuminate us. You know, <laughs> these uh, you know, uh, rituals that, that, that you guys partake in that you think have uh, benefited you somehow in, in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what what was the question? I mean, I, oh, first, I cut out a little bit there. Say occult. Is it just something? Is it stuff you research in books, or is it stuff when you say you practice it? Does it entail like um, actually participating in rituals? Like, give us give us a day in the life here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Practice and research. Um, I, I mean, my I follow a pagan path that is based around uh, the seasons of the year, like the eight eight uh, seasonal cycles uh, with Samhain coming up Halloween, which is, we try to tie in the release of it to that and to Chris's birthday, of course, that was <laughs> first and foremost. Um, so, I, I mean, I, religion to me, I, I guess it's not necessarily, witchcraft isn't seen as a religion to everybody. Uh, it's, some people just practice it, some people just, identify as that or call themselves that. But to me, it's also a, a way of life, uh, a way of looking at the universe and at nature as, uh, you know, at, at my personal beliefs are that uh, nature is as at the, the core uh, of all things <laughs> of the universe and that we are part of it and not set aside from it. So uh, the album deals with being kind of destroyed, you know, by people that aren't paying attention to those things, whether it's war or pollution or, the, you know, all the things that are sort of that we see unfolding over the past few years are intensifying. I, I think they've been that way for a while. But um, so the album, the concept loosely is about pagans and the witches and the shamans and the wizards and, you know, coming together to say, all right, this is enough. Let's if we really believe that mother earth deserves this reverence, let's put an end to this. Let's, let's push back against all these forces, these corporations, these leaders that are, that are just doing everything for profit and destroying everything. And so that's sort of like, that's the antagonist protagonist battle that happens in the story. Did I answer your question? I might not have answered your question. Yeah. Oh, but, totally. Uh, 
How does how and and again we're we're getting way deep, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> how how much do you believe? You know, and, and this is not only about you know occultism or or you know witchery or any of that stuff, but just in general, how much do you believe? That that in order to fix society as a whole, one of the one of the key principles we almost have to do is get away from technology and get more into, you know, like you are saying, going back to the earth or even even and I'll go way outside of this and say even living living almost like the Amish do where they they've just shunned the technology and they've existed and and thrived for hundreds of years within with an absolute distance from it. Do you think that that ultimately is the only way we get back to living as a quote unquote civil society? Mm. There are a lot of people that believe that for sure, uh, especially people that follow indigenous and Native American paths. Um, I think we're we're many steps away from that being a reality. Um, personally, oh, yeah. not to say that it's not ideal, <laughs> um, but I think uh, I think that is something to strive for. You know, I think personally, I think that you sh- that there we need to take steps now to at least acknowledge what's what's happening and acknowledge our part in it. Uh, and not just be like they're ruining it you know they're they're screwing up the mm-hmm. world like what can we do to make it less to decelerate uh the process you know um so i i think that my hats off to people that do that and i i have friends that live off the grid and uh i'm not there yet personally i mean i'm kind of i'm a tree hugging hippie <laughs> in, in my life but um but i'm also you know i'm also uh, make my living through technology and, and, uh, I'm pretty dialed into, to the modern system. So I'm trying to figure out ways to like fix it from within a little bit myself. Um, and, uh, and I'm not anti-technology per se. Um, in fact, in the story, I, the, the deity, the, the goddess sort of looking for a way to come back and communicate with, with humans ends up doing so through artificial intelligence. So not to, (laughs) that's a spoiler, I guess, of sorts, but like, uh, I think there are ways of using these tools that we have to better ourselves for sure. Um, But it just depends on what your motives are. If your only motive is is greed and profit, then you're always going to go to war. You're always going to rape the planet. You're always going to put the little guy down. You know, that's just how it's been for thousands of years. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, we need we need term limits on like corporations for that not to happen, you know, because mm. you know these guys yeah. get too big, and then they just just reinvest that money to uh, for their evil plans, you yeah. know. And there's really no escape. It seems, you know. Uh, yeah. Now, for the for as far as uh, the Matrix itself, I mean, if there's going to be programmers that put in back doors and little things to help save us down the road let's hope so <laughs> yeah it's not good point we, we've seen uh this year it looks like we're, we're facing an imprisonment as far as humanity goes right on well well jason jason let's let's dig into the record a little bit um yeah. i i i love 
my favorite tune on the record is um thousand light years from home just a just a cool fast rocking straight up it's it's what i expect from icarus witch to be honest so tell me a little bit about that song which i think is by far the strongest song on the record oh cool uh well you'd be good at anr then because that was also our first single <laughs> that one came out last uh we put it out last december even though the album's coming out next month uh I just I was like I can't go another year without putting something out and and that was the one that we interjected into our live set last year when we were playing overseas and things like that we wanted to give people like a taste of um, what was to come and that seemed to like best represent it and be, and also be like a bridge from the Goodbye Cruel World album like the song that you played before uh, Lightning Strikes that it's sort of in that up tempo you know uh, almost like a, a little bit of an AOR vibe to it um, it's not. I wouldn't, it's not as dark as a lot of like super fast and heavy metal is, but, um, but that probably goes more to our melodic rock side. So I think, uh, that song, that was the riff that really stood out to me when we started this entire project, when Quinn started playing stuff for me, I'm like, okay, that's it. That's this album's lightning, you know, let's build upon that. And we sort of, we sort of did, that was one of the first ones that really came together. And that was why it was our first single. So. Well, good well, live one, good high energy one. You know, when you're playing, especially when you get a festival set, you know how like you might only have 30, 40 minutes. So you don't really have time to necessarily build and, and put in all of your, your ballads and stuff. You kind of sometimes just have to go for the throat. So that's why we always try to put a few of those type of uh, barn burners up front on the album. Right on. Well, dude, speaking of, speaking of playing overseas, uh, am I wrong in thinking that you just got back like a week or so ago from playing overseas? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we went back to, we played a festival in Germany. Um, and while we were there, uh, it was called Storm Crusher. It was a true metal festival. You know, there, those are quite a few of those over there now, fortunately for us. So um, last year we played um, Headbangers Open Air. Okay. And we've just been sort of rebuilding ourselves up over there. Like we, we played in Germany back in the beginning of the band and then we hadn't gone back over. We were focusing on the U.S., but in that time, all these festivals went from these little like backyard barbecues to now you go there and there's you know, thousands of people. So, um, so yeah, we went over to play in Bavaria, uh, Bavarian part of Germany, and then um, also in Switzerland, a uh, club that we played at last year, Showcase Room. Just a lot of fun. Our tour manager is from Switzerland. So, uh, yeah, it was just sort of an in and out weekend. It wasn't like a, a tour or anything, but we we cram a lot into a little bit of time we've gotten pretty good at <laughs> maximizing those little those little in and out trips right on was it is it is it is it still when you go overseas is it still a thing where they get it versus here where they don't get it <laughs> um i think the u.s is catching up if you're talking about like true metal and whatever yeah. classic metal um i'm i mean it was that way for a while which is why we always focused on on europe and germany um specifically but i think that you're seeing a lot more festivals of our style and just the scene in general it seems to be really catching fire more in the last few years it's it's, it's i want to say it's encouraging because for us uh, it doesn't always make sense to go out and do long tours financially it can be a real you know you're lucky to break even sometimes but if but now you're seeing these festivals pop up. Like we just played one in Fresno, California a couple months ago. And there's a big one 
that uh, that was frozen in time. There's a big one called Hell's Heroes down in Texas that's getting bigger. Uh, like Queensryche's playing it this year, and um, and uh, the, you know New England. We there was one in Pittsburgh here last week. We didn't play at it, but I went down to to hang out with our friends and stuff. So I think you're seeing a lot of that overseas, that European festival, underground metal festival mentality. People are picking up on it here, and there's there's a lot more younger bands now that are coming out in the traditional metal style to sort of feed that funnel. So it's changed a lot in the time that we've been here. Because I remember when we started, oh, right. it was, there, were, there wasn't a lot. You know, Chris, right. you can attest to that. It was like <laughs> slim pickings in terms of where we were going to play. Um, right. But now it's getting better. <laughs> That's awesome. I was just going to say that uh, kids love playing metal too. Like they love listening to it. A lot of new young musicians, a lot of females even too, like playing guitar, mm -hmm. uh, loving the, you know, I don't even know that the, the, the names change, death metal, I guess you would say, <laughs> you know, but heavy stuff, just really, really technical uh, metal that I just see young people embracing. And so I could totally see it starting to become uh, more of a thing. And we've, I mean, there's been, you know, festivals here though, in the US, Chris, you know, you know what I'm saying, not fest and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, you're, you're not wrong, but I think, I think the European sound, which is to me, you know, it's that whole Scandinavian metallic sound. And, okay. and either one of you can jump in and, and tell me if I'm crazy here, but I think the biggest, the biggest bringer of it to America has been the stretching out of the Prague power fest because Prague power at, when it started, it was really progressive. It was all these, it was all the bands that weren't good enough to be dream theater, but were 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 dream theatering. And now they've they've over the years they've really spread it out to include more power metal stuff like Primal Fear and bands like Symphony X and which is really expand amorphous. Yeah, it's really expanded the audience to where now there is a larger audience here in America that kind of wasn't there for years. Does that yeah. seem right? Yeah. Yeah. That's helped for sure. And I mean, to your other point about European fans getting it more, um, my observation now, like I said, we've been around for a couple of decades, so I've seen like these trends come and go. And I, I think that they just never gave up on it. I don't think like as, as certain styles of metal became trendy here in the States in the late nineties and early two thousands, a lot of people just gave up on traditional metal and it, to the point where it was like a punchline almost, you know, it was like you were, it was the least cool thing that, that you could do. Um, whereas in Europe and Germany and, and those festivals, they didn't seem too too bothered by what was trendy or what was popular or anything like that. And, so they just kind of, it kept growing over there. Whereas here it, it went underground and then it peaked out again. And then, it, you know, now it's, it's starting to become hip to be square or whatever, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like you see the, the dorkiest people at these festivals, you know, myself included. And it's just, but there's so many, it's like, you know, there's so many people now that it's become a little bit more of a movement. Um, so I think that's, that's been my observation was that Europeans didn't care as much about the trends in general. And, U.S. was way more trend-driven when it came to what kind of metal they were buying and going to to promote and stuff. Right on, man. Not well, as dude, loyal. They're not as loyal here. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I There's mean, a reason that yeah. we have the Kardashians and they don't. 
because <laughs> the whole right. country is trendy. But well, Jason, uh, the the album is um, called "No Devil Lived On." It comes out on October the twenty seventh. I figured we would wrap this one up by playing a piece of the current single, which is "Rise of the Witches." But before we do that, why don't you cool. tell everybody where they can go to? Keep up with you guys, buy merch, buy the record, not just stream it, but buy the record and do all that good stuff. Where should we send people to? Um, I mean, we still have an old school website, IcarusWitch.com. So I would, I always tell people to start there and then it's got links to all of our, oh, hey, kitty. Um, <laughs> it's got links to our uh, socials as well. The pre-orders are up on Cleopatra Records site right now. Um, so, and, but there's links to those on our socials as well. So uh icaruswitch.com uh we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter or x uh, we're on um those are the main main ones that we really keep up with okay. um so yeah pre-order it uh, they've also got you know we've we've been posting links to like pre-save it now which is a new thing but i kind of i kind of like it so you just sure. go in and click what streaming platform you like and then when it comes out that day it shows up on your on your uh, channel and you can listen to right. it and yeah i thought that was kind of cool i hadn't seen that before sure. um yeah and so other than that rise of the witches that's our new single we started playing mm -hmm. that one live and this this is this is the one that encapsulates the uh which is pushing back against you know the oppressors but it could also be you know uh seen as like just pushing back against the man <laughs> however you want to look at it which I think is right at on. the core of any strong metal. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, one more time. The album is called No Devil Lived On. It is out on October the 27th. It is Icarus Witch. And we will play a little Icarus Witch right now. This is Rise of the Witches right here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. We are We are witches. We shall rise. 